Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the season finale episode of The Mandalorian covered on the Long Lost Heroes podcast. We got a special one for you here today, folks. Uh, it's me, AJ. I'm Frank. And we also have a uh, returning champion, OG band member, Long Lost Heroes founding person, uh, Matt Zion Basile, Matt ZB. Matt, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, guys. Thanks for having me. I feel like maybe we should come up with a title. I feel like at this point, maybe I should get a, like a guest sort of title that we could just be like, I don't know. I've so, referred to you as the Star Wars or the special Star Wars correspondent before. <laughs> Uh, you know, maybe, maybe that needs to be phased out because, uh, you're appearing on more often than, than not. <laughs> and I do believe it or not have more now knowledge outside of just Star Wars. <laughs> Wait, really? <laughs> I did not know. You're very valuable. We did not notice. Uh, no, that's, that's so right. Uh, we will work on, we will work on a proper title for you. <laughs> Definitely. Perfect. Um, but thank you for coming on. AJ, I uh, want to oh, shout out, I like your sweatshirt. Can you describe it to the folks? Yes, it is uh, from Old Navy. Oh. Uh, <laughs> and you can get, it has all the season one characters. It's got Grogu at the top, Mando at the bottom. You got Cara Dune. You got IG-11. Uh, it is, it's it's in like a cream color. It's very frosty. It's like one of the, the first day I've ever wearing it. Oof, the first day of a new sweatshirt is always a great day. You never wash that thing. <laughs> <laughs> never ever ever <laughs> and you can't really see but for the occasion i also am wearing a star wars shirt it's a, oh it's very a, nice it's a stormtrooper cool. it's a little more subtle but ooh, that's awesome well i've got my, cool. my 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 han solo mug it says i know <laughs> and megan has the the matching leia i love you oh that's, that's pretty very great cool. yeah. that's very awesome yeah it, this show makes me want to just like love Star Wars again. I think that's the main message of the whole reason it it it, it exists. Yep. Um, I think really quickly, I loved this episode. I think it was one of the most momentous episodes we've yet to see on this show yet. What do you guys think? Spoiler free. I mean, I loved it too. I I'm just thinking back, like, like who would have thought that this season would have like upped the game in such a substantial way yeah. right like huge like last season we're like yeah it's fun we, but it's, it's i mean it, it, we it may still be lot, uh, light on plot but like this season just like was all over the place and so exciting and so great that like it, you don't always get from uh, a season two or a sequel zd what do you think totally i mean i think season one was so groundbreaking in a number of reasons and everyone you know it was overall critically and and well received and the follow-up just continued to build off of that you know when there was like how could it be as good or you know where are they going to take this it, it i think surpassed uh, surpassed expectations and you know really delivered on a proper season two that picked up right where it left off and and left you wanting wanting more yeah I, i'm i'm so there i i so there's a lot to talk about, we know, out there in the world, but we have to go slow and pace ourselves. <laughs> Otherwise, we're going to get ahead of it. So uh, I think I just want to start with a, a great new Long Lost Heroes tradition, the plot game. Woo-woo! Uh, in as few words as possible, Frank, describe what happens in this episode, which I believe is The Rescue, Chapter 16. Well, if we're talking about the plot, we have to throw up the spoiler warning, which is a given, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, sorry. <laughs> we can't not talk about this season finale without 
spoilers. So major, major spoilers, <laughs> major. All right. So at the end of last week, uh, we know that Din Djarin is coming for Moff Gideon. So we pick up with uh, Slave One, Boba Fett flying uh, to you know shooting down this shuttle, and they they find uh, Doctor Pershing, and they get a whole bunch of information out of him on the Imperial cruiser, and they decide to, you know, launch an attack. But first, they go find Bo-Katan and her compatriot. I can't remember character's name. We don't have the other guy this time, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's a specific reason for that. Um, and they they launch this attack on, on the cruiser to get Grogu back. Obviously, Bo-Katan wants Moff Gideon for the Darksaber, and shit goes down. I've probably did too many words. <laughs> you did fine. I, I mean, <laughs> probably probably a few, but it's okay. Um, yeah, th- that is what that is what does happen. So, um, I I, can, I concur. Um, I love the opening sequence with the Imperial shuttle and Slave One. I think the Slave One porn in this in season two has just been. I mean, it's epic. It's great. Yeah. You, re- you really get to see kind of all the gadgets and gizmos and, you know, different angles that we don't get to see. And I think part of what is so enjoyable about, about Star Wars television is getting these moments kind of given the proper amount of time. You know, it's like in the film, you have one or two cool shots of something that you're like, that was awesome. But like in the television series you get to kind of play around with those a little more and they're more focal points for the episodes, which is a really nice attention to detail. Absolutely. Yeah. And like, there's all these comparisons to like um, when in the movies, when you see like a star cruiser, like overtaking uh, a planet or a star cruiser overtaking a, a smaller ship. But here it's like the reverse. It's our, our heroes, you know, like overtaking this, this small shuttle, which was pretty cool and effective. <laughs> It was, and it like it sets up the episode kind of in a in an interesting way because you have Cara Dune, you know, come in and like goes kind of toe to toe with a dude from Agents of Shield, right? He was actually on Agents of Shield, like the final <laughs> season. Like they they've been recycling a lot of those guys. <laughs> I mean, it's Disney. they just come back and around. Yeah, um, and they kind of talk about the Death Star. Uh, Wonder which very, one? <laughs> yeah, that was actually that was so cool. Uh. Yeah, and then he's like just kind of like going on and droning on about being a dick, and she just like blasts him in the head. Uh, I love that <laughs> sequence. <laughs> just gets shot uh, in the face. And then, and then we got Doctor Pershing back. Who like, who? What is this guy's deal, man? Hipster, what is hipster deal? doctor in Star Wars land. <laughs> <laughs> but like, also he reveals so much information. You're terrible at your job. <laughs> he's horrible. He's not a good Imperial at all. No. Um, but also, like, what happens to him? I I assumed yeah. that they were going to pull one of those, all right, we're going to force him to, you know, give the clearance codes or something as they fly in. But I don't even think he goes with them to the Imperial cruiser, right? Uh, it's unclear. Like, it's unclear what even what they even do to him. Did they just throw um, him out the airlock? <laughs> what? I mean, I would have. But uh, we know he's Kaminoan. You get to see his badge really close this time. One of the cloners from Kamino. Mm-hmm. Uh and he yeah. says clones, like that they're working on clone technology. So like all the things we've been theorizing for a long time, they've mm. definitely. Yeah. Uh, so 
yeah, his little recurrence, I think, was was interesting. He comes back around and he does give more information about the Dark Troopers, um, yeah. which I guess we can, you know, he sets up where they are. We already spoke about Bo-Katan. There's a little bit of a tiff with Bo-Katan's uh, sidekick and uh, <laughs> Boba Fett. Yeah. Uh, that was fun. That was fun because she's a wrestler. She got to, like, I think someone tweeted out like a, a spinning DDT or something like that. It's like, all right. I, yeah, I definitely saw that. I turned to Sophie and I'm like, that was a wrestling move. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's still uh, like funny how, like, even though a couple episodes back, they established Boba Fett is like sort of a Mandalorian, but they clearly are, they, it's very much a gray area. They're waffling. They're, yeah. Yeah. And, and they're giving that conflict between all the characters. Um, and that gets thrown right at the front of the episode there what it means to be a mandalorian is i think what's going to be very much important to you know stuff but we'll hold on that so i i have an interesting observation and and Mm. maybe this it's a little outside the box but and and it might be something you guys have common knowledge of but explain to me okay so just a little backstory about why that's important because they do keep bringing it up and you know if you haven't kind of divulge into star wars canon and even some of the expanded universe you may not know you know jango fett is boba fett's dad and what that means and the timeline of where that is and how this all kind of started and why this is important right now so jango fett was a clone correct no he was not jango fett was not a clone boba fett is a clone of jango fett and all the other, all the regular clones are clones of Jango Fett. And what what they did establish is that Jango Fett was not born on Mandalore. But mm-hmm. what they revealed in I guess it was episode six um, was that he Jango Fett was a foundling, um, and so similar to Dinjarin, like some some Mandalorian brought him in under their wing and. He, they raised him like as a part of that culture, mm-hmm. but it's still very unclear because like they say he fights in the civil, the Mandalorian civil wars, but like he also didn't really. He's like he's a bounty hunter and he's working for like the separatists. So I don't know. It, it is very blurry. <laughs> yeah. So so all the clones are based off of Jango Fett. Yes. Every single clone. Yes. Every single clone. Have you seen Attack of the Clones? <laughs> I have. Yes. I have. <laughs> of course. <laughs> It just, uh, I just would. Then why aren't the clones better? Well, some the clones are. are. We need the clones because of the end of this episode. Right. That's the whole thing. The clones are great. The stormtroopers are not. They get phased out. So like. Right. You know, but by the time the Clone Wars. Do they cover ends, that in Clone Wars? Well, I mean, it, through all of Clone Wars, um, it, it's just clones, and then Order sixty six happens, um, and then you've got your your big gap. Like the, you know, the first time we start to see stormtroopers again, I guess, is in Solo, and then later in Rogue One and A New Hope. But it, it's kind of implied that because of the accelerated aging of the clones, they they get old and, and creaky, and they either start to die off or mm. um, they, maybe they they just the emperor takes them out of service or he kills them because he's an evil bastard. <laughs> right. But um, why they have such inefficient stormtroopers for the empire, as opposed to the actual badass clones is remains to be seen. Right. So it seems like a big, it seems like a big downgrade. Yeah. Just, they just made them more disposable. They sure did. 
Okay. Well, anyway, yeah. thank you for just clarifying. I was like, I, I don't know. I just wanted to understand. But, but what the thing is, is that Boba Fett is a clone. As much as he's like an unaltered one and that he like aged at a normal rate, like that's why there's still contention of whether or not he should be considered a Mandalorian because he's like not a real person, I guess. But that's a whole different conversation because right. clones are people too. He's a, he's a replicant. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Um, I think it's interesting that, you know, they are set, they are setting up these tensions um, but I also love that, like, you know, Boba Fett, like, even though, like, he's trying to be a good guy, he's just, like, swaggering around, fighting people in bars. No <laughs> holds barred. Like, he doesn't care. Yeah. Um, well, he's, he, he must feel invincible now that he's got his armor back and he's, yeah, he's, he's back in commission. Once you survive the Sarlacc pit, you yeah. can't do anything. You're playing with house money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so on from collecting Bo-Katan, we talk about the, like, cruiser and what their plan is setting up, what's going to be for the rest of the episode. Is there anything else between that I'm missing? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I, I think it's just, like, th- they set up, oh, uh, that Bo-Katan wants to be the one to take down Moff Gideon. And it's like, right. like whether he they whether he's killed or not, like, they prefer to keep him alive, but she wants to take him down. But how, okay, here's my one gripe that I'll, we can get into a little bit of philosophy about. Yep. How much more beneficial of an exposition would it have been for somebody in this episode to give some really good talky-talky about the Darksaber and be like, this is what the Darksaber is about, here's why it's important to me, and here's why I need to take it from Moff Gideon in this specific way, do not fuck this up for me, because they kind of set it up to be fucked over. They do, they do, and and it's it's unfortunate, and like it had been established in in the animated shows, um, and there's I think I did a big deep dive on that history a few episodes back when, yeah, um, but yeah, the gist of it is that it was the lightsaber of the first Mandalorian that uh, went into the Jedi Order, and it was like when that person died, an artifact of, of the Jedi order. And basically later on, it was stolen back by the death watch and the leader pre Vizsla pre Vizsla. Um, and it, from then on, it was like you had, if you won it in combat kind of, uh, it was the way it was supposed to be done. Now there is a, a big loophole in that because Sabine Wren had it at one point and just and gave it, gives it, it to Bo-Katan. So it's like, I guess the main thing is like maybe she feels like because she was given it once she doesn't and and lost it to Moff Gideon she feels like she needs to earn it this time but it's a little light and it's a little iffy but I, they're just setting up conflict really yeah uh but they could i think the general public needs more reinforcement about the dark saber usually there is a little bit in Star Wars about oh well this battle station is the ultimate power in the universe it can destroy a planet you know, we can do this with this thing. Yeah. <laughs> and they point to it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, well, Moff Gideon does give a little exposition of it, you know, later on. But he later lays on. down, like, but he he lays down loosey-goosey talk. He's like, it's important. It holds power, but it's not really that. It's the power of the story that you have when you right. get it. Like, th- that's, like, that's different than, like, kind of laying down a foundational live-action you know, exposition of what the dark saber is, which I think the public needs and will, ha- they'll, they will have to do in season three. Yeah, I hope so. Um, 
just telling why it's more important and why like every time he yeah. tries to hand it to her, she's like, no, I don't want to take it. Right. Um, Which is silly. It's silly. <laughs> just take silly. the thing it's, you want. <laughs> and it, she's like, you're stupid. You don't take off your helmet. He takes off his helmet. Okay. No, I'm not taking it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. They, they're, they're breaking the rules and they're not really giving a clear reason why it's like, it's not like the elder wand in Harry Potter. Like just because he defeated him, it, it actually like responds to him. It's like, no, it's right, not like exactly. that. It, right. It's, it, it's not magic. Okay. Uh, so we got a little far ahead of our heels here, but we'll keep, we'll keep on track. We promise. So, oh, so when we, the dark, the dark troopers, I think we're up to. Yeah. Yeah. So the dark troopers are in a video game called dark forces. It was a PC game, mm-hmm. right? No, they always wanted to be Canon. Now they're Canon. Um, and I got to say, these were quasi-badass. Hmm. I mean, I think they were badass. I think they did a great job of showing how threatening they were by having Din only fight one and basically get his ass handed to him. Yeah. I, well, he's I, getting punched I agree, against the and wall. And I love the callback to the the final scene in Game of Thrones. That was awesome. <laughs> um, and then, you know, he, he shoots him out the airlock, but, like... I think it was, again, very video gamey for them to establish, okay, if you get past these this door of all the Dark Troopers, you'll find Grogu in this area. And it's like, you have to fight your main boss before you, you get your reward. Um, I think it, it, it was effective to say that, oh, they keep them in cold storage, which is why they, they, t- they like take time to get ready. Because otherwise, they, they'd be dead immediately. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, they, I think they look cool. Uh, they're very Cylon esque to me from Battlestar Galactica. Totally, totally. A lot of a lot of Battlestar Galactica references in this one to me, at least. Um, and then, uh, but yeah, like obviously they're droids, so they can fly in space. Um, Definitely. <laughs> and so they come back to, to haunt them later on. Um, but yeah, like ZB, you mentioned, like the. the the uh, dark trooper punching him in the, the helmet just over yeah. and over and over against the wall. Yeah. I was like, okay, we're really testing how strong the, um, the bass car, the bass car is. Yeah. But like, I mean, if they actually had to fight them, I don't know how they would have survived. Right. Like the only thing that took it down was the, the best spear that he shot through its head. Yeah. Much. Which was awesome. It was awesome. Yes. Yeah. That, I that guess spin, the fight that... sequence and like his proficiency in like bow staff skills. Yeah. <laughs> flamethrower skills. He used all of his trinkets. Yeah. His rocket shooting <laughs> skills. I guess if they had the dark saber on their side, they probably could have taken down some. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Which we kind of saw. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so baby, we're, we're there, getting there. Uh. Yeah, so they – I love the entrance to getting onto the ship. I just want to just, like – I think that sequence was really yeah. well thought out to put Boba Fett away from the rest of the plot of the episode. Yeah. You know, like, it was great writing. It was It was also shot really cool, and I think – you know, I mentioned this earlier in the episode, but the attention to detail of certain things, when the TIE fighters were coming out and being launched out of the, the fighter – like that, those details of those shots, and then kind of following it, you know, tracking it as yeah. it's being launched. We never got to see Tie Fighters like that. You know, Tie Fighters are always just in the air; they're shooting, they're blown up. This was kind of like a first-person perspective of like the launch sequence of the Tie Fighter, which I just ate up. I was like, "This is 
Give me that. That that was one of the big Battlestar Galactica references for me because they do that shit all the time when they uh-huh. launch their fighters. So I was like, that's awesome. And the fact that Katie Sackhoff was flying the ship in, in reverse and going in and landing there, I was like, that's like a total nod to her her tenure there. Um, but like, yeah, that, I don't think you're supposed to go in that way. <laughs> it didn't no, really definitely fit very not. well. They have other they have other entrance fields. Um, it also set up a lot of tension because like. You're, they're launching all these TIE fighters. I'm like, I, I don't know what their plan is with Boba Fett. Like, is he supposed to stick around and, and pick them up? Like, yeah, he ends up launching away, but I was like, he could get shot down here. We don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, decoy. Yeah. So, but then, you know, they they lay waste to all of the, the stormtroopers. Um, so the, the crew is the, the two uh, Mandalorians, Bo-Katan and her buddy, Fennec Shan, Cara Dune, Mando. Um, and Get, getting Grogu back, getting Grogu back, like that's which is that's, which is crazy that like they didn't. They're like, we got this. We don't. We actually don't need Boba Fett for on the ship. <laughs> we feel pretty good about our odds. Sans Boba Fett. Well, and it, and it's really cool because it's it's Mando and then a team of women. Like, yeah, 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 totally. that was and they were so badass. Which is they which were badass. Awesome. Yeah, it was great. It was earned. It didn't feel forced. Uh, I loved the little arc of Cara Dune's gun jamming and her slamming it around the <laughs> elevator. I thought that was awesome. Uh, yeah. And I love the dynamic between all of them. I think that they're really, they have a good, they have a good group of characters, you know, that like to blow shit up together, you know? Yeah. And you got to see how effective the two Mandalorians were. Um, like oh, yeah. that, that hallway scene where they fly away and like, sh- like surprise all the stormtroopers and shoot them all down. That was great. Yeah, super um, efficient. Like, yeah, great tactile warriors. Um, but so their plan is to take the bridge. Um, I, I guess they, where they assume Moff Gideon's going to be. I guess they kill like literally everybody along the way. Yeah, um, pretty savage. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, yeah, it's kind of funny that they they didn't think this through. Like, why wouldn't Moff Gideon be protecting the child? <laughs> yeah, that to yeah, that was a little. Mm. Um, but okay, then we're set up with the main crux of the deal. So Bo-Katan and her, her friendos are not where Moff Gideon is. And ultimately after Mando has beat the dark trooper and supposedly sent most of the dark troopers away, uh, he comes in to try to get Grogu where Moff Gideon is threatening him with the dark saber. And, uh, it's a, it's a really tense scene. It feel it, um, I really liked it. I love Giancarlo Esposito in this fucking show, man. And I love, like, he's like, assume I know everything. <laughs> <It was> like, <laughs> like that was so, you know, uh, badass for a Star Wars villain to, like, you know, take ownership of the situation. Yeah. We usually always see them, like, at the end of their rope or, uh, you know, kind of dealing with some kind of crisis when our guys are dealing with them. So it was interesting to see the kind of like the reverse power dynamic in that moment where like, he's like, I have the dark saber. Grogu is right here. I know what you want. I've taken what I've wanted. Like now I just want to fuck with you. <laughs> like, right. And I mean, it, it is very much like the emperor when he's like, I in return of the Jedi, like your, yeah. your band of friends and stuff like that. But like, he doesn't have the force. He does, he can't predict it. He's just that good. And he's that smart and can predict what they're going to do when they try to take the ship. Um, and and the other thing that's notable is that he he says that he got all the blood that he needed. So 
whether or not Moff Gideon survived, I feel like the operation of what they're going to do with the blood and cloning has been and successful. All that yeah, is going to be successful regardless of what happens on the ship. Or they have what they need to be successful. If it has been carried out or not, that remains to be seen. Right. But I think we're supposed to believe that it connects the dots to the sequel trilogy and, and all the stuff with like Snoke and Emperor Palpatine. But there may be other layers to that that we don't even know yet. Right. Um, this was back to Giancarlo Esposito. This was definitely his best acting in the in the series so far and you know the most meat he's had on the bone it was nice to see him kind of flex his muscles a little bit a little more than you know outside a small scene here and there this was like we we got we got a good chunk of him which was nice to see yeah and he got to chew up the scenery and you know pretend like he was gonna let you know dinjarin take grogu um of course I knew that wasn't going to be. Yeah, that would have been too easy. No way. Yeah, no, no <laughs> way. Uh, but I think again with the bow staff skills, um, this this to me felt like the most earned lightsaber fight in a long time. That like I was I was ready. I'm like let's let's fucking go. Like like. Yeah, we wanted to see them fight for so long, and once he and, got that staff, we're like, this is it gotta happen yeah. like yeah they set it up at the the season finale last year it's like okay midway through the season he gets his weapon that will fight a lightsaber nudge nudge oh <laughs> so yeah it's a big payoff here it was and it felt very um again it reminded me a lot of force awakens and like it was like one person who like wasn't very skilled in swinging it around but also like somebody who knew a lot about using a staff. You know mm. what I mean? Like it was kind of a similar dynamic. Like neither of, you know, Ray or Kylo had real lightsaber training. Maybe I guess no, no, no. Kylo, Kylo Ren definitely got way more. But um, like well, but like Finn when he would wield the lightsaber. Yeah, yeah, like, sure. Yeah. Right. Uh but it also felt very real. I love the scene of like him dragging it through the control panel like and the camera like focusing in on Mendo's head like that was awesome. Yeah. Uh, I love great seeing like when when the two would meet and like basically like almost melting the best car. You could see it getting really hot. It's like, fuck, is this thing going to break in half? Like, yeah, how strong is it? Yeah. I mean, even before he whips out the staff, like White Ren, you know, Moff Gideon takes the first swing and he just uses his armor to like, you know, receive the blow was like a great way to kind of set it up. Yeah. And it's funny because I think I don't know. Originally, when he got the staff, I don't know why I didn't realize this, that this is what they were setting up. But I was like, oh, he could, like, melt it down because that's a lot of Beskar and, you know, get more armor if he needed, like, leg plates and other things like that. But obviously, oh, he no. didn't he's got that. a whole new weapon yeah. now. Yeah, he's pretty well, complete, he, too. He lost his uh, his big rifle in the explosion, too. Like, the the one that was, like, from the holiday oh, special. The... <laughs> sure. Which they made a nerf R. gun R. out of. Razor Crest. <sighs> What are they going to do? I don't know. Um, <laughs> but no, that was a, a fantastic fight. Um, and it was it was decent length. Um, it's kind of yeah. cool that even w- without like any force abilities or an actual lightsaber, he was able to fight him off and and take him down. Um, I I mean, I, I, he's our hero. We should expect that. But like it was a, a big stretch for it to happen, I think. Yeah. Um. Yes, I didn't. Yeah. to me the fight was good 
it ended it ended interesting and i i just think that like what happened afterwards was like is you know it's also interesting but it's not a fight it's it's I don't know. It was great. It was great tension building, I guess. I don't know. What did you think, ZB? I, I thought, I mean, Mando, he seems like the one of the most badass characters and, you know, almost undefeatable people walking around the Star Wars galaxy today. So, <laughs> you know, while Moff Gannon had the Darksaber, which is a great weapon, you know, it's kind of neutralized by... The best card, yeah. you know, so it, it kind of felt like Mando still had the upper hand, um, you know, unless, yeah, unless Moff Gideon maybe had some force abilities, which we know he does not. So, right. it, you know, I didn't think he was going to kill him because obviously, you know, he said uh, Bo-Katan wanted, wanted to uh, get him alive, but, you know, I thought he was going to fuck him up a little more <laughs> yeah i guess to me that maybe more of the tension resi- resided around like grogu and yeah. um you know maybe mando getting knocked out or or injured and something bad happening to grogu like i i, I wouldn't think that mando could get killed like that that just was <laughs> right unrealistic but um i don't know i just thought there was a good amount right. of Gro- there. grogu could have you know, mando could have got knocked out grogu could have tried to intervene or save him or use some force powers or something to help intervene. You know, he was kind of non, non-existent in the fight. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, so yeah, now we are, we come to, you know, the bridge of the episode um, where a lot of shit goes down. I love that they have all this action on the bridge. It felt very Star Trek, but it also felt very, um, uh, you know, contained like I, you know what what other kinds of room I, I guess we haven't seen too much happen on a bridge it happens yet. a lot in clone wars um it, during yeah. like that because they're they're military and you know because otherwise we're not watching the imperials do their their talky stuff on the bridge so like it was cool to be there um and yeah i mean th- this is like where it, I, I i like that it's on the bridge and it's literally a bridge of the episode like yeah. Uh, so, um, Din Djarin comes in the most badass he's ever come in anywhere, I imagine. The best entrance of his whole existence. <laughs> Carrying the Darksaber out with with Muff Gideon and his spear and Grogu. And just, like, walks in, lays him at Bo-Katan's feet, has the, light sa- has the Darksaber. And then, you know, kind of reveals kind of the big twisty-twisty, which is that you know, I think Moff Gideon knew yeah. this plan all along and knew it was Bo-Katan and knew Bo-Katan was coming for this. And once that came into, you know, reality, that he had to neutralize kind of her victory in a really great way. Um, and she's pissed. <laughs> <laughs> she is pissed. And it, it is very, like, I don't know, like, the, the Game of Thronesy power struggle, like that, that kind of yeah. thing, um, co- conflict more than like actual fighting, um, and we kind of talked about it before. It to me is a little annoying and frustrating. Like, just take the the damn dark saber and be the ruler of Mandalore like you want to be. But obviously, they needed to set up some conflict for season three, or we'll see. We'll get to that later. Um, but. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I I just don't believe that 
Din Djarin is going to be the one to wield the dark saber from, from here on out. Like it just doesn't seem like his path. I think that's Bo-Katan's path. Yeah. That seems like a fair assessment. And if, if he did, it would kind of make the show like, it's like this guy's got everything, you know, it's like, he's got the full Mando suit. He's got the best car spear. He's got the dark saber. It's like, this guy's indestructible. What, what do you, who's going to fuck with this guy? <laughs> no, it'd be cool. <laughs> if like what? a bunch of years down the line, like Grogu is a Jedi, but also like a Mandalorian foundling and he gets to wield the dark saber as a mm. Jedi. That would be fucking awesome. <laughs> that would be fucking awesome. I, I'm just um, picturing a little Mando helmet on a, oh. <laughs> on a Grogu. It's like shaped all funny with the ears. That, that blade is like way bigger than him. Yeah. <laughs> But I guess that's the same problem that Yoda had, right? Oh, yeah. But he's. But at that point, I think we'll pick up with Grogu hundreds of years in the future of Star Wars. Ooh. Interesting. You know, like two, two, three hundred years into the future. We'll get back training to... new generations of gen- Jedi. But um, mm. yeah, let's get let's get to it, folks. Okay, so when I first saw the X Wing, wait, wait, I'm like, wait, before that, the Dark Troopers yeah. come back. Oh yeah, they do. So all right, like, this this builds the tension quite well in the episode. Yeah. So the, the, obviously they they can survive in space. They come back and they're gonna try to take the bridge. And you know, it's just like what the five of them. They've got uh, Moff Gideon in custody, but you know, it's looking really di- dire for them. Like how how could they possibly take on all of these? these guys and you know Boba they can't. and Boba Fett is nowhere to be seen so they can't just like escape and then the X-wing shows up <laughs> so when i first saw the X-wing i was like oh shit okay so this is the first one of the Dave Filoni guys from uh, the new show <laughs> I, and here yeah, they come great point i thought that too i was like yeah it's probably the new republic coming to 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 break in here but then they specifically say just one. Yeah. It was when the one landed and I saw that it was one of the OG yeah. X-Wings. And then it, I was like, oh shit, really? And then when he came out and like you saw the cloak, I was like, okay, that's it. That's when I knew. I, I think like. What about you, Frank? I think it's still like it took me like a couple minutes or however it felt like an eternity, the entire sequence. But like it took me a little bit of time to be like, no way are they really doing this like because it's like of course the most obvious choice now like he's yeah and so to to with all the theories we had of what jedi was going to show up and like in like in disbelief that it could possibly be you know it's like oh is it ahsoka is it ezra is it all these other people but like until you see that cloak the green lightsaber the mechanical gloved hand yeah yeah Luke Skywalker is back. Luke Skywalker appears. What do you think, ZB? <laughs> I mean... When did you know? I think I knew right when they showed a cloaked figure. Mm. The X-Wing was... I was like, is it? And then when he gets out, you're like, it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, I mean, we had the reason to believe that because, you know, I feel like everything Star Wars television has tried to been, be and everything they've tried to say after, you know, the Skywalker... Tr- saga was that they're going to try to move away from this and here we are eating their own words and coming right back to the watering hole 
Yes and no. Well, that's that's the bigger discussion we have to we have to have. But I I don't want to take away from the fact that I know that there's people who are probably thrilled about this. Oh, and yeah. I, we can see that the internet was ecstatic about this. Oh, it's not that and, I'm not thrilled about it either. Yeah, it, think... fan service wise, people ate it up. I feel like overall the the reception was that was that was fucking awesome, unexpected, and kind of kind of changes everything it it does and i mean the the whole sequence of him mowing down the dark tr- dark troopers which we just saw how deadly they were in, in in the single fight uh one-on-one with dinjarin and he just like you just see how powerful luke has become and it's... so powerful and we never really get to see luke like that no. you know we we no. see him fight the emperor we see, and then, you know, it's cut to Force Awakens and he's a hermit. Like, we don't, that timeline, that gap in between uh, six and seven of Luke is just, it's crazy. We don't, we don't see that. And, and now we get a taste of this is the most strong Jedi in the world yeah. right now. And he's just, yeah, he makes those look like stormtroopers. Well, I think it comes <laughs> from, like, two things. I think it's, like... The first part is that there was so much written about Luke in this period in the extended universe that was then acts out of canon. Some of it is now kind of canon. I don't know, but we'll we'll see. Um, the uh, but people wanted to see this. This is was the dream of everybody after you the credits roll on Return of the Jedi. What happens next? What where does Luke go from? Um, and I think that this was probably the dream of, you know, us in 2012 that you're going to see Luke Skywalker on screen being badass. Be, being like even more than what Obi-Wan was because like Obi-Wan was in hiding even though he was a full-on Jedi. Like, but we able- get to see, yeah, but we get to see badass Obi-Wan in the prequels. Well, not in the original trilogy. Like, no, not in the original trilogy. Right, right, right. When people first saw the original trilogy, they're like, what was this guy like before? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Let me tell you. <laughs> there, there was a lot of comparisons on the internet of uh, the Luke Skywalker fight to the Darth Vader hallway scene yeah, um, in definitely. Rogue One. And totally. it's like they're both just brutal, but like obviously Luke is like just destroying droids. So it's like right. not that bad. And almost a, almost a little more elegantly done. Yeah. Um, and I saw a funny thing that was just like, everything good happens in a hall. Everything good in Star Wars always happens in a hallway. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you guys think about returning in the Return of the Jedi outfit? I love it. Yeah. Um, um, what else would he be wearing? He dresses like a Sith and flies around he's not the a, galaxy. He's not a Sith. He I just, mean, he's got dark garbs. I mean, we saw Anakin had dark, he had black and brown garbs. Um, right. But both of their transitions in their clothing represent their, you know, like in, uh, you know, in new hope, he's wearing white in empire. He's wearing gray In return of the Jedi. He's wearing dark. And then it becomes, you know, the, the gray flap comes out. Um, like, I don't know. I would have felt like he would have figured out some new, you know, some more Jedi robes at a certain point. Well, may, and but maybe, that, that's, maybe so that's just me later. I, I think, I don't know. It's just an iconic look. And I think, uh, I think it's a, a very cool contrast, like with these dark black um, death, dark troopers against the green lightsaber with the, the dark 
um, and his because he's got the black gloved hand. Well, it adds to the like, mystery, I guess, of the of the shot then, right? Because right. you can't you don't know if it's a good guy or a bad guy until you see the green lightsaber. That's true. That there there was a little bit of tension there, like in the room, like you, you could see like when uh, Din Djarin wants to open the doors and like everyone else, are you fucking crazy? <laughs> this right. Is, yeah. So this guy did right. It could have been. Could have been someone coming to save, um, you know, Moff Gideon. Right. But then you see the look of terror on his face, and he's fucking shitting his pants. Right. Like, <laughs> he a, knows. Imagine he knows. if it was, like, some new Sith, but, like, wielding a green lightsaber. Like, that would have been, like, a huge misdirect. And we were like, oh, this is great. It's going to be amazing. It's Luke Skywalker. <laughs> right. Right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Okay, so we talked about the clothes. All right, now we got to talk about... Um, the CGI, um, and not recasting. I think, uh, if you look at it in the still images, I think it looks pretty good. I don't know if the execution at this heightened emotional scene is perfect. Are they ever going to be perfect? No, but I also understand he's not dead yet. So let's still use him if he's around thoughts. Yeah, I think, uh, so the clips that I've seen in like videos since I watched the episode look worse than uh, my memory of watching it on the, on the big screen in 4k. So maybe that has something to do with it. Um, I think it looked better than all that they did in rogue one. Um, Sure. They're getting a lot better. Yeah. I mean, that was five years ago for uh, four years ago. So um, I think it looked a lot like him. I think to your point, AJ, the, the biggest deterrent was, him being able to emote properly. Yeah. Which is which is tough because you like he's so almost sterile and robotic in a way, but also Luke's character kind of is um when yeah, he's a Jedi point, yes. when he's a Jedi, you know, he's become so freaking zen that you know, it kind of works in his favor, but yeah, there's definitely that missing link of humanity mm. um that you're that we're not getting. But I think for you know, for that scene, for that sequence, I'm fine with it. If if it, if he's a bigger character down the line somewhere, you know, we'll see. So so the thing that makes me wonder here, though, so they, they gave credit to Mark Hamill, but the other, there is a, a body double stand-in. Yeah. So this is not the technology that they used in, like, Ant-Man or in Captain Marvel. Like, I, I don't think that that Mark Hamill was necessarily in the room with all the dots on his face and they aged him because all that looked really good in the Marvel movies. This technology to me is them superimposing Mark Hamill's face on somebody somebody else's body and not de-aging him. And I think that's the problem. Like the mouth just looks wrong. Yeah. Um, And so it makes me wonder maybe because like Mark Hamill is – like he just looks so different now than than he did then and um yeah but i mean like you know you go back to the irishman and they de-aged that way um with the actual actors and that got pretty mixed feelings i mean it worked in some ways in some ways it didn't work and then you see people throw up like the super fakes on youtube yeah that are like not done with big hollywood you know, budgets. budgets, and they're they're pretty damn good. They're pretty close, if not better in some aspects. And I was like, this feels somewhere in the middle of that. Yeah. I think they should have gone with, I mean, I know we were saying it before, but they should have gone with Sebastian Stan and then overlaid the face. Yeah. 
like start with a practical idea and then touch it up. You know yeah. what I mean? I don't know. Or like the other other piece of this is like the reason that they went this way is because it's probably going to be a one off instance. Like we're not going to see. Right. I agree with you. Uh, I agree with you. We're not going to see uh, Luke Skywalker in his own show in like <laughs> episode to episode because if they did, they would have recast um, or, or come up with some other like. The, the thing that could happen, actually, and I read this, I think, last night, um, is that maybe we're going to get, like, Luke's Jedi Academy as, like, an animated show. And they could even get Mark Hamill to voice him, and then that gives them Definitely. the opportunity to tell the rest of this story and fill in those gaps between 6 and 7 that we've been Star wanting. Star Wars Harry Potter. It's a great idea. Yeah. I mean, I would love Jedi Academy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're there. Sign us up. We're we're in. Uh, with like Grogu being his like first uh, Padawan, you know, Padawan, and then eventually we get young Ben Solo. Like that would be cool. Like knowing what the fate is, and like it's similar in some ways to the Clone Wars because you know that something bad's gonna happen. But there's probably a lot of really cool stories that they can tell in the middle. All right, so let's not. So before we get to that point, because we're so close, guys, we're <laughs> we're going to talk about everything. Um, this is saying goodbye to Grogu, and it's Mando taking off his helmet and you know looking at him for the first time and with his own eyes. Uh, it was a super emotional scene. It was really, it was really sad, and it was really well done. Mm-hmm. And Pedro Pascal is the man, and like he really just like totally nailed the whole flow of how you imagined, I guess, how you imagined in your mind it would go, you know? He, it, and it was cool to see Grogu, like, kind of speak through Luke a little bit to say he wants your permission. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, super effective. I, th- I think the other amazing thing is that, that you can easily forget about is that this is against a puppet. Like, and yeah. and just how well done it is. Yeah. You, you have this emotional connection like on on Pedro's part, and just like you you feel like that Grogu's a real living, entity. breathing real. entity, and it's done so well. Like when he touches his face, um, I, you said like with my own eyes. I'm like that's a very Darth Vader like <laughs> at the or Anakin was, Skywalker. Was, yeah, it was. You know, like I want to I want to see you. I want to see what you look like, and you know, it it was a very nice uh, moment. It was very sad. I love that, you know, the door closes and they went straight to credits. Um, Boom. But that that leaves us where I, I think the big news is and also where we're going to begin to talk about post credit scene, but also things to come. So if there's anything else you thought about the episode, let us know. Maybe we'll talk about it never. We're sorry, but we're now going to talk about more speculative things. <laughs> I, uh, last thing I would say, we got R2-D2. And R2 is oh, like, yeah, my yes. shows Bury up the lead. Yes. Grogu's like, yeah. <laughs> well, it's like I, you see him like doing his like happy beeps and all that. And it's like because he can communicate. I'm like, do you think that R2 somehow remembers Grogu from like the Jedi Temple? Like that's a possibility. Probably. I think it's canon that R2's memory has never been wiped. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like Same he with, remembers everything. Yeah. So he would stand to reason that he would know who Grogu is or would have remembered Yoda, definitely. Right. Well, <laughs> yeah. and then the other thing is that, like, the appearance of R2-D2, like, 
makes it like, yes, this is Luke Skywalker, and it's not like some clone of Luke Skywalker, right? Like, right. Oh, right. It's not Luke. <laughs> <laughs> and and Z-B, our- you got to look up L U U K E. Okay. Clone Luke. And uh, and R two, you know, like C three PO in all the feature films, they're in every episode. So putting R two in this fully, you know, solidifying it as canon and, and, you know, the thread between the features and, and this is strong. Oh man. Are you saying there's going to be a three PO cameo in Mandalorian? <laughs> Maybe season three. I don't see why not. Yeah. 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 But Especially it, if we get any fun. glimpse of Luke again. Well, the thing that's interesting is like with the Rangers of the new Republic, like would we get Leia, right? Because if mm. Leia, if, if C-3PO Definitely. shows up, then Leia would be there in theory. Right. And, but that they would have to recast at this point. But I, again, I don't know if, I don't know if that character would be. I don't think they're going to, I don't think they're recasting anymore. I think if they can, they're going to do this superimposition thing as, as much as they can to preserve the specialness of those characters. But this breaks into the, I guess we could talk about this now before we get into the post credit scene. Like, to your point, what you were saying earlier, Matt, where you're like, you know, we've worked so hard to get away from Skywalker and, and that we've like we've done all these different things. And, you know, even myself rewatching The Last Jedi, the whole idea is that we have to see what else there is in the Star Wars universe to go and play around in. And it, I, I just want to say a, a concern I have about this ending in this sequence is that while I do believe it was awesome and it's definitely what the fans wanted. This was a very, very high point for the Mandalorian to go to. And it seems like something that we're going to want to return to. So, you know, how are they going to deal with that going forward? Is it going to be like, you know, the early Marvel TV shows where you get the obligatory Avengers reference once per episode? Are they going to meter it out like that? Are they going to get one legacy character or a couple legacy characters in per season? Um, are we really building towards a larger story even right now? Mm. Um, but th- going back to the main idea, is using Luke Skywalker here a way to rebut what was said in the sequel trilogy and the canon that was laid out there afterwards? Or is this really more about you know servicing the fans and correcting you know going forward like are they going to decanonize seven eight and nine could that ever happen i don't think so i don't think so either i don't think so either Um, but but it sounds like the gap is much bigger not much bigger because it's obviously you know what's the gap between six and seven 40 years 30 years 30 years yeah so obviously much more happens in that time than we were led to believe instead of Luke Skywalker just kind of going into hiding after the failed Academy, you know, there's, there's a lot more and that's what this is filling in those blanks for. But I feel like we're still, so much, it's really only what, 20 years from Mando to seven, right? Uh, 25, 25. 25. Okay. Luke, I feel like, I guess 24 now. I feel like Luke, would have been older then because we see him in seven briefly. Yeah. And he's as old as fuck. Well, I mean, I think if he's like 20, 
six in this episode. Like, because he was like 21 in the start of it, like a new hope. So maybe like he's not even 30. Maybe he's not even 30 yet. And so like you add 30 years, he's like 60. That's kind of the, the way I look at it's it. It's kind of but, the thought. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I see it. Um, yeah, so filling that gap, there's just um, there's a lot more story that we don't know about that they must have mapped out. They must know what where this is going. <laughs> well, but if we're saying goodbye to Grogu and that and that arc is done, like what is Mando going to do? I don't. But I don't think that <laughs> go arc to a is, planet and look for people I, to help. I don't think that arc is done. Yeah, I. It's like yeah, he's in a safe space now, but maybe maybe it picks up a couple years later um, or something. Like I, I, the thing that's also like problematic is like yeah. Uh, he shows Luke his face, but it's not like he's like, what's your name? Where are you going? <laughs> like Where like, are you taking my child? <laughs> yeah. So, like, even if he wanted to go... I'm f- taking him to the Dagobah system. <laughs> yeah. Even if he wanted to go find Grogu, he doesn't really have that information, um, which is, like, a kind of a plot hole, I guess, but we'll see how they and handle it. he does it. promise to see him again, so we he will does see promise Grogu to, Yeah, again. that's what I'm saying. It's not done, and we even predicted a few episodes back that this season is going to end and they're not going to be together. So we always knew they would have to tie it back in somehow. So I think they're going to have to, Luke's going to have to be mentioned or in the next, in not, maybe not the first episode, but they're going to, he, I think he'll have to reappear again unless he gets stolen or taken from Luke, which seems like how you take it from that guy. (laughs) <laughs> unless vader shows up vader's dead vader is dead <laughs> well not not vader um the emperor also sort of dead <laughs> also sort of dead i it just like well I, the, that's the other thing like then there's the grand admiral thrawn of it all that right like i think the thing that's the that we're forgetting regions. is that they're building out like the mcu right now they're they're gonna start expanding like horizontally before they continue to move forward so I, I think that while, yes, we've got this whole story uh, of Grogu and the Mandalorian, they're also going to be telling Ahsoka's story and the, the New Republic stuff and this other thing that we'll get to for the post credit scene that will all culminate in the main event. And so whether we see Grogu and Luke again before that main event, I don't think so. Maybe it will all kind of like come together and... Maybe it's a movie, maybe it's uh, another series or something, but I think it's going to be on that level of scale that it would actually make sense for Luke Skywalker to be there. Right. So how do we feel, and I know we're still skipping the post-credit scene, but how do we feel about the marvelization of Star Wars? I mean, we we had kind of anticipated it coming, but this feels like, officially the start of it and you know with the investors announcement a couple weeks ago with all the shows being announced you're like okay they're they're obviously doing that and we know this is all going to be woven in together but now now it's happening and you know the simple person of like you know maybe you've seen a couple star wars films or the original trilogy or something now needs to know so much more to i think fully grasp everything that's happening especially in the mandalorian um how do we feel it's that- definitely changed it's definitely changed its walk-in ability you know what i mean yeah. like it used to be that you could walk into a star wars movie 
And if you didn't, if you hadn't seen a Star Wars movie before, you would probably enjoy it, even though you may not know everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. But now, from episode to episode, week to week, if you don't have a good like base layer, but then also a good friendo like Frank to like help you through the deeper pulls that you have to like. Think yeah, about. like we don't know. AJ, you and I don't really know about Clone don't, Wars. I don't fucking know. Uh, uh, even like, <laughs> uh, so Mike Apps texted me last night. Shout out, buddy. Uh, <laughs> and he was like, "When does this show take place? How is Luke so young?" And I had to explain it all. It's like, you know, even even that where it's like it. They they said from the beginning that this show is five years after Return of the Jedi. It's still like hard to to piece together for your casual fan, and so as you go forward, and it's like, oh, there's this brand new show on on Disney Plus. Like, do I need to watch The Mandalorian? You probably do, and 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 have seen all the movies, and maybe more. Like, it, it's right. gonna be hard. And watch an explainer video on what the Mandalorians are, and you yeah. you know know what the dark saber is. Like, there's, I think there's a cap to where that is a good thing. You know, ultimately that the, the harder you make it for people to approach, I think there is a, a limit. But what I also know is that it's working out very well because they're saying like, we're not going to worry about catering to this bigger global audience of people that we have to win millions of dollars from Mm. after a big gamble in making one of these movies, but we have to win back millions upon millions, billions of dollars now. Um, From the diehard fans. This feels like the show for the fans. Yeah. Yeah. But also again, there's a cap to that. They have to be mindful about, um, how much knowledge you need to have about star Wars in order to enjoy this. There should still be a walk in ability that you can come into the Mandalorian on episode one of a new season and be on for the adventure. Right. Right. Maybe you're not going to dig in, but I would want a season, an episode one still to always allow people to come in and, and ride along. Right. Because like people that watch this show, um, are they going to feel like, oh, I need to go watch Ahsoka now? Like, uh, Or, like, will they want to even? Like, they saw this character in one episode. Are they going to want to jump on board for that other show? Or are they just going to be like, nah, it's too much. I'll stick with Mandalorian, but then miss out on a whole bunch of plot that's, like, crucial to that story? Right. That's, where that's a gets... great point, Frank, that in the future, you're going to have to watch every single show to be able to appreciate the culminating event that they're talking about. Right. But what's different about this culminating event, I think, than we were thinking about with Avengers is even when you get to, you know, uh, or MCU, not just Avengers, but when you get to the reveal of Thanos in Avengers, it's very earned. And, like, we kind of know kind of what his plans are from the comics. Like, we don't know what's going to happen with their big culminating event in any way at mm-hmm. all. There's no there's extended universe stuff that they could do. There's non-extended universe stuff that they could do. It is so far open. And it like the way that they're bringing in these characters from the Feloniverse I think is just going to continue to deepen it and hopefully build out again, Frank is right, by spread going horizontally, spreading out, opening up more of the universe, more of the galaxy they can create more stories in there and ultimately use these shows to fix what they did in the sequels. Yeah. And, and, and that's going to be the main driving point, I think. But to that point, yes, they, they will build out, but the story is leading towards the new 
trilogy. Yeah, yeah. and if it, in, and in if that it makes world, it better, that's great. If it makes it better, that's great. Right, but but we kind of do know the end game, at least timeline wise, the bigger picture of the galaxy. You know, in thirty years. But let me tell you this: we know the fates of Luke, Han, and Leia, and the Jedi Order. We don't know Boba Fett's fate. We don't know right. Mandalorian's fate. We don't know Grogu's fate, Bo-Katan, all these, Ahsoka. We don't know right. what happens all, to them. Right, so, all those characters, which we definitely want to know. But but bigger picture, we know kind of the New Republic and the, you know, the Empire into the First Order. We kind of know those fates already. Absolutely. But, like, maybe what ends up happening is they they fill in a lot of the gaps and then they jump past the sequel trilogy. And, right. that, and at that point, they can start to tell new stories without being constricted within what's already been done in the movies. Um, even like the, the, the one-off, sh- the, the, the animated show, The Resistance, like it started off as a prequel to The Force Awakens and that started to happen concurrently. So they have the ability to do that. Um, yeah. But there, I think there's just so much in between that they can do um, and tell a good story because of all the characters um, that we don't know their fates of that it won't feel like it won't feel like the prequels where we're like, oh, well, we know Obi-Wan goes into hiding. We know <laughs> Anakin becomes Darth Vader and like totally. Yoda goes into hiding. So like that takes out some of the tension. I, I think it is going to be challenging to keep up with everything. But if they're continuing to dole these out like one episode a week and like spacing them out and not have like these big like. 10, 13 episode drops on a weekend where it's like the most daunting thing, I think more people will be able to keep up than we give them credit for. Yeah. The last thing I'll say is to the Marvelization is it's not going to feel like the Marvel universe in that you're going to like be in an Iron Man movie and suddenly Thor or Spider-Man shows up. It's like, we're going to be with Mandalorian and some person from the extended universe is going to show up. And the scramble will be, who is this person? Do we like them or not? Yes, but but uh, but Luke Skywalker just showed up. <laughs> sure. But we were just saying, we don't think that this is a long-term thing. Yeah. We don't, like, maybe there could be a Sebastian Sand Luke TV show. It looks like he's pretty busy on the Winter Soldier TV show. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, I I don't know if that's... If that's coming, maybe it is. We don't. We don't know. True, but let's get to what we do know is coming, and what I think we're gonna have a good big fat fight about, uh, <laughs> which is the post-credit scene. Um, uh, let's talk about it. I mean, you know, we're back at Jabba's palace. Awesome! It's so awesome. cool to say. I'm like, oh shit, here we are. Yeah, uh, back on Tatooine, the Binary Sons. We walk in. Bib Fortuna sits upon Jabba's old throne. Big fat Twilight guy. He's so uh, fat. <laughs> oh, he's so fat. He's horrible. He's gross. He's having a good time doing living his life. And then Fennec Shand and Boba Fett show up and blow him away. And uh, <laughs> and then Boba Fett just goes and sits on Jabba's throne. Fennec Shand takes a bit of Spotchka, takes a hit of Spotchka, and they're like super Game of Thrones. Boba Fett just like sits on the throne. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but I love how he puts his gun to the side. That was great. Um, December 2021, The Book of Boba Fett. Hey, everyone. It's Frank. I just wanted to chime in here really quick before we dive in deep. Um, 
just to say that this episode was recorded before uh, Disney dropped the news and confirmed that the Book of Boba Fett is actually a spinoff show. Um, so we spent about the next 15 minutes speculating what it could have been or what all the what it means for Mandalorian season three, obviously. But uh, we have a little bit more uh, info on that now. Um, it, I think it's still pretty interesting. Check it out. Um, but if you want to skip ahead uh, about 15 minutes, and then we have a couple other quick topics before we wrap up. So The Book of Boba Fett is a spinoff show coming December 2021, executive produced by uh, none other than Jon Favreau, Dave Filoni, and Robert Rodriguez, who uh, directed the episode um, episode six this season with Boba Fett and was fantastic. Um, it also sounds like from an interview with... Uh, John Favreau on Good Morning America this morning, that uh, it will be December 2021 and that Mandalorian Season 3 won't be December 2021, but it will be sometime soon thereafter. So uh, we will keep you all posted with the upcoming news for The Mandalorian and the new spin-off series, The Book of Boba Fett, but let's get right back into it. Thanks. Okay, so is this... The title of Mando season three is this entirely different show? Is this happening at the same time? Like, are they going to cross intersect? What's happening? What's happening? We don't it's know. So confusing, and um, so like, obviously, the one thing we do know is that it's after the events of the finale. So like, we know that somehow Boba Fett comes back and picks up Fennec Shan because. He's got his armor back. It's painted like that. That there's no way for that to have happened in between these episodes. Um, so that conflict will will be resolved in some way. And obviously, Boba Fett and Fennec Shan no longer feel like they're in debt to Mando, so they're going to go off and do their own thing. But yeah, whether it's <laughs> its own property or not is very unclear, and it's kind of strange that they haven't told us definitively i think we're going to find out today is the 20th it's a sunday i think they're going to announce on the 21st on monday for sure yeah like what what it's actually is um but here's here's what there's two things i two ways i think it could go the first way is i think that it's mando season three and that boba fett takes over as the main pov din jarn will show up again inevitably that'll be great but that it could be Mando, uh, Boba Fett POV um, for the season three of Mandalorian. And if it was, uh, the plot I would love to see of Boba Fett is him just going out and exacting revenge on the people he has been wronged by in the, in the galaxy. <laughs> Starting with Bib Fortuna seems like a great bet. <laughs> uh, and then if it isn't, if it's a separate show from Mandalorian are they going to do that at the exact same time as Mando season three? And we're not going to get two shows a week or um, are they going to space it out? Well, that's the problem because they already announced that Mando season three was Christmas, 2021. Now the book of Boba Fett is December, 2021. It, it to me it seems like they are lining up at the same time. Right. <laughs> and how are they, are they one in the same or do we get the book of Boba Fett first and then it's mando or vice versa yeah i mean 
if if this whole if Mando was this like chapter by chapter thing, it could be they could like what they did to the Infinity Saga. They could retroactively call it the Book of Din Djarin or the big Book of Definitely. Din Djarin and Grogu, right? Um, and then maybe Bo Katan after you know yeah. Boba Fett, and they do a different Mandalorian like yeah. every couple seasons. And then Sabine Wren can get her own. Like I I'm so down for that because these are all mandalorians and the mandalorian isn't necessarily about a single person but it's about you know individual mandalorians and, and the, the the culture and the race the greater, the greater story right. yeah which could be fine but i feel like they need to pick up the plot of Din Djarin at some point i okay so to me i think it's gonna be it's um its own series despite not being at the investors meeting um, it would really bum me out if it was taking over in the place of Din Djarin, even though I know it's Boba Fett. But I love this show because of its scale. That week to week, you're in Star Wars, but we're not dealing with the crazy shit. And that this week being the exception and being earned and being built up to, it really plays out as explosive and fun and as exciting as it did. And you get to feel that those emotions again. But I don't necessarily think I need that week to week. And to give Boba Fett this kind of own um, uh, ownership of the Mandalorian, I think would, would change, you know, what the Mandalorian could be or, or whatever. I, I hope they don't do that. I would hope that it's its own thing. If it is, um, then they can really play around with it and really make it fun and do something different. Kind of think about like how like Deadpool killing the Marvel universe, make it, you know, Boba Fett hunts down, you know, some try to go and find Han Solo. Is he going to go down hunt down uh, Luke Skywalker? Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. you're, he was getting revenge. Luke feels like at the top of the list. <laughs> yeah, go get him. I think that that sounds awesome. Yeah. And I would be down to see Sebastian Stan in that show. <laughs> you know? Unfortunately, you that think? would probably what, be what the end of Boba Fett. <laughs> um, I think, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm super torn about it. Um, the other thing, is maybe a hybrid of the two. Like maybe Mandalorian season three has like a four story arc on Boba Fett and then like a four story arc on Dinjarin. Or four episode on Dinjarin. Like, and so they can just him moping around have, some planet, have their cake and eat it too. Um, uh, or, or maybe it's like a feature, right? Maybe, but it, when they call it the book, it seems like it's a little bit more than just like one movie. Right. Like Scott, yeah. books have chapters. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I, I, I think, uh, I could go either way on it. I, I, I just hope that they tell us sooner rather than later because otherwise they will. Gonna They'll tell, conf- they're going to tell us very soon. Yeah, the time the timeline just throws a loop in to all of it. You know, it's like it's it's either one and the same or they're gonna one's gonna end. Like if if Mando started around the same time it started this year, mm-hmm. Mando could be ending. You know, like it did Friday, and then next Friday or after Christmas you know, Book of Boba could start. That's why I was thinking maybe it's like a split because if they say December and then Christmas, those are two different times. Like you can have four weeks of right. Boba Fett and then continue on with Mando. Um, but yeah, the, but then why would it get its own title? Yeah, I don't know. Because you tell different parts of Boba Fett's life. Like you talk about him coming out of the Sarlacc pit. Yeah. You talk about, um, you know, maybe earlier in his career, like, you know, I, I think that it would be fun to kind of do that with Boba Fett because he's in a helmet the whole time. Yeah. And like you could have different people playing him 
in different eras and it would look cool uh and go back and look at like do a time travel with boba fett i'm down for that but it feels like it it's it's a continuation of the story we just watched maybe i i think maybe. so but i think it also could it could employ like flashbacks it can totally because everybody wants to know what happened how did he get out of the Sarlacc? Pit? How did he get out? How is he alive? Yeah. They <laughs> what got, happened? They got to tell that. Yeah. Um, it's just, it is curious to me why, if they aren't one and the same, why it's necessary for them to be so close together. Right. Um, I think it's because people like Star Wars in December now. They've programmed us to use it as a marketing campaign. Um, and it's also, it takes them a year to make these things. Yeah. They supposedly are already working on Boba Fett. And, you know, they'll have another year of production. And then these other shows come out in 2022, right? Uh, I think, I don't know, some of them may be 2021, but... I think 2021 is Marvel on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, that could be. You know, we get Wanda in a couple weeks, then we get Winter Soldier, then we get... Loki. Uh, Loki, right. In May, so, and then Summer is What If. Like, they're they're going to be laden on thick <laughs> next year. Yeah, it's going to be a lot. And it's also that right now there are four movies too slated in 2021 for Marvel. So whether they end up releasing in theaters or on Disney plus remains to be seen, but it's just going to be a lot of content. Um, so I don't know, maybe star Wars is kind of on break until December. And then, you know, we, we can have Obi-Wan early 2022, Ahsoka and all these other shows. I don't know. It's, it's a lot. lot. It's a, it's a lot to be excited about. I mean, if you're a big Boba Fett fan, like just from the original trilogy, like you got to be ecstatic to see that you're going to finally see. I mean, the fact that he was so awesome on this show already. Yeah. Like, that's like ultimate fan service. But like, you now you're getting your own property and whether it will have any ties to like what they were planning back when they were going to do a movie, who knows? Um Yeah. They might have a lot of the stories already there. But, yeah, I mean, I think going back to what AJ said, it's like, yeah, I think we would all be kind of bummed if this is the end of, you know, Ding and Dinjarin. It just feels like you gave us two seasons of this character and this arc, and we, we, we're we not done with it. Yeah, we want to we, we keep going. <laughs> we're not done with it, but also, like, where are they going to go with it? Like, that's that was the whole thing about the show – from the like w- from episode 1 when we saw Grogu for the first time like if the, the the point was to get him to a Jedi like what other story are they going to tell because that yeah they're going to talk about the Mandalorians that that's what we you know we agree that the, it, the, this show is going to refocus to be very much more Mandalorian centric <laughs> so right. to, to... and we're going to have to become much more experts about Mandalorian. Which, if that's what it is, then I, I kind of feel like season three could just be the Boba Fett story, and they might just pass the baton and do the. And then in season, and then season four, return back to Din Djarin. In, or, I don't know, or maybe or Bo-Katan. Maybe it's Bo-Katan, and then maybe Din Djarin again, and that's how it ties back into Grogu. Like later down the line, something happens there, but it this you know obviously this is all wild speculation, but yeah, it. Well, but we, to, we said that, so yeah, it's okay. Yeah, but where where do you go? We don't know. We don't know. Um, but you know, if if it does end up becoming more focused on the the Mandalorian uh, characters that and about this like struggle 
to get back their planet, which they, they actually refer to a little bit more. It's like, I wonder if it's one of the ones that was affected by Operation Cinder because they're like, I think they say it's like it's glass. Like it, I definitely think that's going to be a big part of it. <laughs> yeah, and so I'm, I'm really interested to see, because I want to go back to Mandalore, but what I was going to say was that I, I could probably give you guys a primer on which episodes to watch that will, you know, get you up to speed from the Clone Wars and, and Rebels. Like, you know. Please send us a list. <laughs> I will send you a yes, list. We, we, Maybe we have we'll, to watch this. We'll publish it on our, our site or something just yeah, so everyone can. Because it's probably, you know, maybe 10 or, or so. And those are half hour. They're, they're easy to get through. And, and they're really probably the most interesting stuff from those shows anyway. <laughs> yeah. But, Fabulous. But even to what we were saying, like, we're not done with Mando. We're also not done with Grogu. Like that that feels super unresolved, more so than than Mando's part. You know, Mando's mission is is more or less like you said complete, but there was this other character in the show that we followed for two seasons and now you just give him the Luke Skywalker. What happens there? You're one of my best friends and I love you, but I disagree with you. And the reason is because I love the movie Gremlins. <laughs> and this when Luke Skywalker takes Grogu away, it is so reminiscent of when the Chinese guy comes and takes Gizmo away from Billy. And he's like, you're not ready. You don't know. When you're ready, you could take him again. And then the sequel is Billy getting, you know, Gizmo back. And he's now in charge of, you know, the Mogwai going forward. But I think this was a pretty sound ending of Grogu and Din Djarin's story is over. Their adventure that we've been on since chapter one is now done. Whatever happens going forward with Grogu will happen. He's too marketable. He's too big of a franchise yeah. for Disney to throw away. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think he's coming back to the show in a big way. Right. Um, very immediately. Soon. Well, and think no. about like what they did with, with Anakin Skywalker, right? Like we were introduced to him in the Phantom Menace and then there's a time jump and he's like now trained a bit and knows a lot more about the force yeah and so like I, I i don't know if we necessarily have that big of a jump like because also the thing that's hard with this character is that he ages so slowly like will will 20 years really make that much of a difference in grogu's life we don't know but we also don't know everything that he hid behind, like back in his memory like when ahsoka talks to to Din is like he's suppressed so much like maybe he is pretty well trained in the force maybe he can talk maybe all these things just need to come back out with Luke's training um and that it won't take him very long to like to get back up to speed um and see a little Padawan braid sticking out of his little ears <laughs> I, I hope so but I also think that as much as he is important I don't think the next season of of Mandalorian will be about like their, you know, opposing story threads and how they come back together. Like, I think that it'll be very like the music, the way that they built that up, the re the fact that we had given Grogu up earlier in the season and got used to not having him in every episode. Yeah. You know, they were setting up that this is a big break, I think. Which, which all those signs feel like they point to a Boba Fett just being season three. Yeah. I think the only other plot thread that can continue on um, about Grogu is is the stuff with his blood and the clone stuff. And sure, maybe, that but... I think will that I think is going to go on. I think that's yeah. going to become very big, and you know that again that will, that comes into the throne of it all. Maybe you know, they how... clone and have a dark Grogu, and they have to fight each other. 
Maybe. 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 That could that could happen. That could be a thing. That could happen. Star Wars. Anything. Maybe. All right. There's we're gonna be speculating about this show for the the next year. <laughs> um, until we find out what they tell us about the book of Boba Fett, uh, we we don't know what's to come. Uh, it, it's definitely an exciting time to be a Star Wars fan. I, I'm sad that it's over. Um, been looking forward to it every week. Oh, the the other thing um, I wanted to mention was the Disney Gallery. I was kind of wrong. Yes. It is launching on, to, on December 25th, but it sounds like it's a one-off, one-hour special and that it's not going to be airing week to week this time. I'm okay with that. Which is, which is probably fine and for the best, but um, yeah, they were just so aching for content that they stretched like what probably just was like one day of shoot, two days of shooting with the two different crews. Yeah, right. Into one into different episodes, and now they can't do that. Right, they like, broke up each of those conversations to different, different episodes. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, I would have loved it. And then the last thing I want to shout out, our friend Andrew uh, posted yes. on our on Facebook uh, about this episode. He said it was a great episode. The Jedi reveal was great. I would agree. Argue that uh, was the most badass that we have been on screen. Gideon showed how he was a master manipulator. The post credit scene leaves a little up for interpretation, which we obviously discussed as to where things are going to go next season. Emotional roller coaster. And glad that uh, Pedro Pascal's fight with the spear went better than his last fight. So thanks, Andrew, for reaching <laughs> out. Um, we appreciate you, and we know you've been speculating with us week to week as well. Um, but for now, uh, I think we're going to wrap on the Long Lost Heroes podcast for uh, 2020 <laughs> and move on to another year. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> what, do you, what, what do you guys have in store for next year? Well, oh my God. there's this well, thing we'll, called... We'll cover Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. And the, all the WB movies, maybe, well, not maybe all, but some of them we could, we could talk about. Uh, there's a lot of MCU stuff, and maybe we've got other projects that we would want to do, like James Bond, but we've been churning well, well, for a while. Well, I had this crazy idea, and I don't know. Maybe I'll just ask you guys now on air, and we'll see how you guys re- react. I've been working. I've been trying to get to uh bill patterson at comac high school Mm. um and coordinate with him and like get all of the get the entire long lost heroes film archive (laughs) someplace where i can own it and then and look at it and according to him he does have everything Hmm. but he doesn't um have access to go in because school is closed oh um so something i was like kind of planning and working hard earlier this year was can, how do we get these videos? Because I think it would be fun. Heist. It's been such a long time <laughs> to watch them and then maybe discuss them together and like like have the kind of like discussion of that, which could be a whole new thing we've never really done, but could kind of like dig into, you know, where we were and where the origins of the whole idea came from. It could be fun. Could also be interesting. <laughs> yeah, we're like, it turns out we weren't very good. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think that's the whole point, you know, like I think there's a lot of people who grew up playing like we did and and that it was a it would be fun to bring on people who also played at those things because I don't want him to just edit all of us like I want to see everybody, you know, and like go back and and see I haven't seen it in a long time and I think it would be cool to uh, to look at. I don't know. That was something I thought would be a cool idea for a podcast and in the spotlight watch party. (laughs) Yeah, kind of (laughs) kind of awesome. Um, Yeah. 
All right, but yeah, we've we've got some ideas. We'll be back. Um, but for now, uh, we are the Long Lost Heroes podcast. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, on Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify. Um, please leave us a rating and review. Um, you can find us online at www.longlostheroes.net. You can email us at info at longlostheroes.net. Uh, you can find us on the social media at uh, LLH Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I'm Frank. I'm AJ. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for joining us, Matt. It's It's been a pleasure to have you on for multiple Star Wars uh, projects and episodes this fall. I uh, will definitely forever have you and back. always. Yeah. I love it. Thank you guys so much for having me. Of course. This is the way. This is the way. Mm-hmm.